You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. You've got real influence on on people's lives and, and young people's lives. And so when we look at that influence, you know, part of that purposeful or not, it's about decision making, right? It's you're, you're teaching people how to effectively make better decisions. So when you think about that, what would you say? And maybe that you already had this worked out, maybe you didn't. But what would you say were your decision-making framework? How do you help people make better decisions as a, as a pastor or as a minister? Well, as a pastor, I think the, the first frame is, does it go against or is it, is it pro or against in the Bible? So as a pastor, the Bible is the, the framework. Now, there's a whole lot in life that is gray and doesn't explicitly say, you know, in the Bible, you should or shouldn't do these things. And so I always, even now, like the the platform in ministry was just preparation for the platform I have now. I would always ask, even as students go, well, does this get you closer to where you want to be? And as a student, they may not be able to say like, I have this big vision for my life, but. Yeah, they, they don't go, even necessarily know where they want to be. No. And so it's like, is it helpful to you? Do you think so? Have you considered what may happen if it doesn't go as you think it might? What are you going to do if it goes well? What are you going to do if it doesn't go well? And so I would always just have conversations with students. And most of the time it was, my parents are too mean. I think my teacher's stupid or whatever. You know, it's very... What we would say as adults, that's trivial. Yeah. But for a student, it's very real. Just like with us, our problems are very real to us, no matter if they're trivial to somebody else. And so even today, is it helpful to where you want to be or the, the next thing you think is possible for you? Is it taking you closer to or further away that idea of what you want to be and become? And then if it goes well, what are you going to do to move forward? If it goes bad, what are you going to do to move forward? So that was a lot of what I did even as a youth pastor. And then when I shifted to leading adults and then now even with my clients I have uh, in the coaching, I do. it's it's a pretty much the same framework. Yeah. It sounds like focusing on on what's truly important to them, right? How do you get a, a kid who might actually think something is truly important to them, but it isn't like they, they haven't done the, they don't have the self-awareness at, at 16. At least I didn't, I didn't have the self-awareness at 16 to be able to say, Oh, this is actually what I want for myself. And this explicitly is not, I could justify it. You know, if my mom or dad said, is that really where you want to go? I go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I think at 16, you, you know, you're looking at immediate gratification. 
right? It, it, it primarily driven by that immediately gratification and, and that, that social influence, like we were talking about earlier. And so I think when you when you look at decision making at, at that age, and certainly from a framework of a of a pastor, the going back to the source material, I think is is key. Now you said you know the Bible, right? And as a pastor, that would be a good, a good framework to use. Yeah, right. Right. But, but I, I think at any age, you, you might even have to say, what is my source material that I'm using to make this decision? And I think a lot of people who are that age, you know, 16 year olds may not know what that source material is. And that might be that disconnect you were talking about, Sanger, is, is that, you know, at 16, this, I'm not sure what my source material is at 16. Right. And if somebody comes in and says it's it's the Bible or it's this, you might need a pause to take a take a step and go, you know, is it for me? No, maybe it is. But maybe maybe I don't yet have that. Maybe I'm not yet convinced that that is my source material for me. Right. And so I I think that may be the the thing we have to sort of back up and not try and impose that, you know, that you need to use this as your source material. Right. Is that sort of show these proof sources to say, you know, hey, this stuff is helpful if you use it, like what you were saying. This does help you direction. uh, I I think you got to let a kid skin their knee. Right. Certainly. You know, and and the only the way that we even learn as adults is we make some decisions. We, you know, we burn our hand on that hot stove. We pull back. You know, the problem is if we do it again, right? <laughs> you are you repeatedly burning right. your hand on that hot stove? Well, then we got a problem about your decision making. But you know, I don't fault you. You know, if you if you slip and fall and you know skin your knee, there's that natural consequence uh, that goes. Oh, yeah, maybe I won't. You know, run down the stairs so fast at an ice storm. You know, so yeah, I, I think <laughs> those are. Those are good lessons for kids to learn and adults too, you know, as business owners, you know, we'll make some decisions go, Hmm, you know, maybe I, maybe I don't want to make that decision again, but I, I think we have to be self-reflective enough that we learn from those decisions to say, all right, what, what did I do here? What was my decision that I made? I, I see so many times that people will not take that time to be self-reflective. You know, if they make a bad hire or they make a bad, you know, bad, uh, client yeah. acquisition or bad business deal. I wish that sort I had more access whenever yeah. I was younger to decision-making frameworks because there were a lot, I think that most people learn lessons. Like most people, they do burn their hand on the stove and they don't do it again. There's a sub-segment of the population that will not learn. It does not matter. They will keep burning their hand repeatedly over and over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. And then they'll convince themselves that they like having a blistered, scarred, warped hand, right? <laughs> there are those people or, out there. Or it's, that the, or it's the stove's fault. Yeah, or it's the stove salt. We can't help those people, right? <laughs> at least, right. at least I'm not skilled enough to help those people. But the other 90% of the population, um, they're going to learn. And I think that the concrete, like the the diff, this distinction, or what's missing, is that we think too concretely about those lessons. So a lot of people they burn their hand on the stove and they go, "Oh, don't touch stoves." But there's a higher level lesson, and the lesson is maybe I should understand my surroundings better. Maybe I should be more thoughtful in general about the things that I touch, not simply avoid that single one thing because later on, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, I'm going to run into something that doesn't look anything like a stove and I'm going to burn my hand again. 
And oh, that's a good point. We have that experience so much as, as kids. You know, well, well, maybe like I didn't do my homework and I got a bad grade in class and that was bad. And the lesson is I got to do my homework next time. Well, that is a lesson. That's the most concrete application of that lesson possible. There's a deeper lesson. The lesson there is that why did I not do my homework? Did I not do it because I didn't plan? Did I not do it because I didn't remember? Did I not do it because I actually knew about it and chose to pursue something else? Or did I not do it because I allowed the anxiety of completing the assignment to overwhelm me and then I couldn't address that anxiety and so I ignored it and chose to not do it? Okay, well, I've got to understand that and then address that. And the lesson is, oh, my anxiety stop me from doing it. I actually knew I had to do my homework. I didn't do my homework on purpose. So next time when I feel that anxiety and that anxiety, I got to know in the moment, as soon as I feel it, it's going to hold me back from achieving my potential. It's not just, I got to do my homework. And, and I don't know if, if 15 year olds, 16 year olds are going to grasp that, but I know that that wasn't ever told to me when I was that age. No one ever said, hey, you had a bad consequence. Here's a higher level. They only drew concrete, direct pathways. And they would say, oh, Sanger, you didn't do your homework? You're going to fail out of high school. You're going to fail college. You'll never get a job in your life, you loser. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think that's the lesson. And so I would just keep not doing my homework. <laughs> you know, I'd say, oh, well, screw that. that. That's clearly not the lesson. Therefore, there is no lesson. And, and there's always a lesson. So how do you, how do you think we get people to, this is a question for you, Sager. So how do we get, because that's an excellent point, you know, it, it, how do you think you get people to understand this larger lesson, not just don't touch the stove, but how am I evaluating what things I touch? They have to have a guide. Like you have to have a pastor that can break that down for you and say, hey, man, it wasn't just that yeah, – it's not just that yelling at your mom is bad. Okay, yeah, you're in trouble. You didn't get to come to youth group tonight because you yelled at your mom. You're right. That's bad. Don't do that. But how much higher level can we take this? Maybe it's, it's the lesson is you had a consequence because of your action here. And that's that action wasn't just yelling at your mom. It was dishonoring your family and dishonoring your parents. It wasn't just dishonoring your, your family or dishonoring your parents. It was that you don't know how to manage your emotions at, at the, the peaks and valleys. And you're going to react in ways that are unhealthy and, and you're going to do things you don't mean and they're going to have consequences. So yeah, don't yell at your mom for sure. But it's more than that. And you have to have someone that knows you intimately and that can, that you trust to give you that advice. And a lot of kids, unfortunately, they don't have that. Or maybe they just have one person that can do that. And when that person's not around, they're not getting any sort of lesson. But I think, a, a, you know, great pastors are going to do that. You know, great advisors are going to do that. Great coaches are going to do that. They're going to say, hey, little buddy, you screwed up. Now, you didn't just you didn't just get a flag on the play, <laughs> you know. You you it was a bigger lesson for you. Um, I mean, at fifteen, at least, I think that's the only hope. I don't think most fifteen-year-olds are self-aware enough to figure that out. They turn thirty-five, look backwards, and go, "Oh yeah, whenever I was fifteen, that's what I did." And they learn the lesson twenty years later, or ten years later, or fifty years later. 
Um, yeah, looking inward and, and looking inward is the only way. I told you about this when I came back from the conference and, and John Maxwell had, had spoken and he mentioned just offhandedly, he, he said, you know, people come up to me after the, after presentations and uh, they'll say, Oh yeah, I want to write books like you. I want to do, you know, I want to do, you know, speeches like, like you do. And he said, yeah, there's a lot of people who want to do what I do, but they're not willing to do what I did. <laughs> you know, and that is such a key question. You know, is is our, does it go through the acid test? You know, are you willing to do what it takes to to achieve this goal? This is what you want for yourself. And so clearly you have to know to be able to answer that question, that acid test, am I willing to do what it takes to achieve this goal? I'd have to know well, what does it take? All right. So I've got to get with a mentor that like you talked about and you know, like Travis Luter, uh, just to explain, well, here's what it's gonna to take to reach this goal. decision to listen into this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Singer Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers who are not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their own opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.